This is Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. I don't know if it's a killer instinct as much as it's just continuing to do your job. Any disappointment like that is should be kept, you know, where where it needs to be kept, which is look, we got we can we can do something better about it as we go forward and, and try to make a difference as we do. We're in a different place uh, as a team. Um, and I, I mean, I love these guys. We go to war with them anytime. I, I love this group and where we're at right now, where we're headed. But there's no margin there. You know, we gotta we gotta do whatever we can to win the next one. Live from the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. We are live at our Monday night spot. That is the Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Underground Lounge. We're here for Monday Night Football. Tonight, the game that you will see are the Patriots and the Cardinals. Right now, the Patriots come into the game as a point-and-a-half favorites, according to Caesars. And the funny thing about this is, the Patriots are the next team up on the block for the Raiders. They are the next ones up on the schedule, Week 15 action. So the Raiders are actually going to get the Patriots on a short week for them. they got to play Monday Night Football. Then they travel to Allegiant Stadium to take on the Raiders in Week 15. So uh, there's a lot to get to on today's show. Of course, uh, a lot of Raider Nation is still reeling, still thinking about that loss from Thursday night, as you should. It's funny, I was uh, before I came here, I was on the radio. My buddy CK in Fresno, uh, he does a sports show as well, so he likes to have me on once a week. And he started off the whole interview saying, I wanted to call you on Friday, but I didn't want to call you on Friday. He said, I knew that you were going to have really no words and no answer of what happened to the Silver and Black on Thursday Night Football against the Rams. So he said, I thought I'd wait until Monday to get you on to the show. And I think that that's how a lot of Raider Nation felt. Right, I know if, uh, doing the, the post-game show, uh, filling in for JT at the M Resort on Thursday night, and then coming and doing the radio show from Buffalo Wild Wings on Friday, I know there were still a lot of questions. And I'll tell you, I don't know about you, Raider Nation, it actually felt great to go into the weekend this past weekend and just kind of sit back, relax, think about what happened, watch some other teams play, watch some other sports, just kind of decompress. for It's almost like a mini bye week. Right, I just I felt like everyone needed a little mini bye week, including myself. I think I was probably the one that needed it the most, and uh, just to be able to have a little bit of relaxation time. I'll tell you right now, Friday did Buffalo Wild Wings, went home. I did Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio that night. Went and got my haircut Saturday morning early, and I never left the house again. Never left the house. The wife kept saying, "Hey, you want to go here?" Yep. Didn't go. Hey, you want to go here? Yep. Didn't go. I never left the house until I left to go to work this morning. So it was, I'm telling you, you want to talk about a mini bye week, I took a mini bye weekend uh, for myself just to get, a, like I said, a little rest and relaxation, decompress, and get ready for the Final Four. And the Final Four that I mean is the Final Four games up on the schedule for the Raiders. Of course, again, we're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here every single Monday night. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Red Nation Radio. 920. My man DeMont Cotton is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio making everything go as he always does, doing a fine job at that, and we do appreciate him for it. And we got some really good guests coming up on today's show and some really good topics to talk about and some good sounds to hear as well. Ed Graney, ESPN Las Vegas, Las Vegas Review Journal. He joins us every single Monday at 2.30. Today is no different. He'll join, the, join us to talk about what he saw on Thursday, but then also, <clears throat> excuse me, also getting choked up, man. That's funny. Uh, but what else, what, you know, what he thought about over the weekend from that loss that the Raiders suffered on Thursday and just where this team goes from here as they have four games left. So Ed Graney, ESPN Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Review Journal, he'll join us at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, Mark McMillan. 
former NFL defensive back, played in the league for quite a while. He'll join us also to talk about the Raiders' defense, talk about that final drive and that coverage that the Raiders were in, that that uh, that press man coverage, and something that we talked about quite a bit on Friday that I didn't think there was any reason why they were in that press man coverage when you know the Rams have to get into the end zone. They have to score a touchdown, and basically you leave an undrafted free agent out on an island in Sam Webb, and he's doing the best he can. No, you know, no discredit to him. He's doing the best he can, but just – in my opinion, you have to play that differently. And I know we talked to head coach Josh McDaniels on Friday, and uh, he was asked about that, and he said there's different ways that they could have played that. Uh, they played it that way, and they were just trying to, trying to make it a little bit more difficult to complete the pass. But uh, if you're going to do that, you better make sure. I mean, if you're going to do that straight up, you better make sure that you're going to be the best of the best, and you ain't going to let that, uh, that, that player get behind him. And it's funny, thinking over the weekend – going back to the game and then thinking about like Raider history because a lot of folks said oh that was the most embarrassing loss or this that and the other and it depends on how long you've been watching you know the Raiders for is 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 where that kind of ranks as far as bad losses but what it did remind me of and I I don't I couldn't believe that I didn't think about it till I think Saturday afternoon it reminded me of that Monday night football game years ago at the Oakland Coliseum where Elvis Gerbach was the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs and Andre Bad Moon Rising got behind the, the Raiders' defensive backs, and I think Eric Turner, the safety, was the only guy that had an opportunity to make a play, and he wasn't able to make a play. They score a touchdown on the last uh, play of the game and, and win the game, or just about the last play of the game, and they win. That's what that play reminded me of, that uh, make, Baker Mayfield to Van Jefferson. Instead, it was Elvis Gerbach to uh, Andrew, uh, Andre Bad Moon Rising. So that's what it reminded me of, but, again, it just kind of popped into my head over the weekend. So we'll talk to Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back, about that situation, that kind of coverage, what he thinks that, you know, Patrick Graham should have dialed up, if he thought that that was a good reason to be in man coverage. Because, look, he's been there, done that. He's been in the league. He's played at a very high level, right? He's part of the all-Madden team. So, obviously, he knows what he's talking about. And sometimes we, you know, we'll look at it from a distance and from our knowledge of the game, and we'll think that, okay, this makes sense to me or this doesn't make sense to me. And then a player who's been in the trenches, have been there, done that, will say, well, this is probably what they were thinking, and this is probably what was supposed to happen. It just didn't happen. So I feel like Mark McMillan will give us a good rundown, a good breakdown of what he feels like Patrick Graham was going for on that last drive defensively for the Raiders. That's at 3 o'clock. Then at 3.30, and this is also something that I could tell that I was not on my A game for Friday because I totally forgot that over the weekend was going to be the Army-Navy game. I also forgot it was going to be the Heisman Trophy award ceremony. And last year, we had uh, Emily ben, uh, Van Buskirk, right? That's her name, Emily Van Buskirk, I believe. Anyway, she was on the show last year around the same time because she was going to be attending not only the Army-Navy game, but also the Heisman Trophy award ceremony. And so we had her on to talk about that. And I realized on Saturday, again, needing the mini-bye week that I basically had, realized, like, man, we didn't even talk about the Army-Navy game on Friday. We didn't talk about the Heisman Trophy on Friday. Like, what in the world were we doing? And I know it was all because of the reaction to the Raider game and how bad it was and that I, I feel like I was shell-shocked and I feel like Raider Nation was really shell-shocked. So at 3.30 today, Landry Locker from Sports Radio 610 in Houston, he was actually at the Army-Navy game, a game that the Army won in double overtime. And I don't know how much you watched of it, if you watched any of it at all. I watch it every single year because I think it's fantastic. Uh, one of the best games of the year, and it has so much deeper meaning than just W's and L's. But to see Army win in double overtime I thought was incredible. I thought their uniforms were incredible. You know, you know Army and Navy all laying it on the line. I felt bad for my man from, the, from Navy who fumbled at the one-yard line, the goal line, and gave Army that opportunity to win it in, in double overtime. But the game means so much that I don't want it to go by without it being 
properly recognized and talked about. And so Landry Locker from Sports Radio 610, he'll join us at 3.30 to talk about the Army-Navy game. And then at 4.30, it's not going to be a live interview that we do, but I was on ESPN Radio National Saturday night right after Caleb Williams from USC, the quarterback from USC, was announced as the Heisman Trophy winner. He actually joined my show on, on ESPN, so we're going to play that back coming up at 4.30 just so you can hear from the Heisman Trophy winner. I thought that was a really good story with Caleb. He's a guy that was at Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley gets the job at USC and comes out west, and, and Caleb Williams transfers and goes out west, and all he does is put USC in position to make the playoffs, which they didn't make, but they were in position to go there. All they had to do was win that Pac-12 championship that Utah won. They lost that game, so USC's not in the playoffs. But he put him in position, and he ends up winning the Heisman Trophy. So I uh, had about six or seven minutes, myself and Teron Davenport. Uh, we did a show together on Saturday night. So uh, I'm going to let you hear that conversation coming up around 4.30. So we'll be locked and loaded as we always are each and every day here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And, of course, uh, the most important person is you. We also want to hear from you, not only on the don'tbebroke.com text line, which is 69187, keyword R&R, but also our listener line at 702-365-9200. So Ed Graney, ESPN Las Vegas at 2.30, Mark McMillan at 3, Landry Locker at 3.30, and then at 4.30 you'll hear from the Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams from USC. Now that you know the guest and you know where we're at, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. And before we really get into the opening drive, Keith from Sonora hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line already at 69187, keyword R&R, and he said, I was at that game you referenced, 9897, my birthday. I was pissed. It ruined my 17th birthday. He's talking about that Monday night football loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, Elvis Gerbach, to, uh, to Andre Bad Moon Rising in the end zone, who uh, at one point would end up becoming a, a Raider as well. But, yeah, man, that was so bad. And I've talked about that, Keith, on the show a couple times uh, throughout the course of my time being here. And I, I'll never forget, as soon as that touchdown happened, as soon as he caught that ball in the end zone and ran up to the goalpost and did his little whatever spider monkey that he does on the, on the goalpost, my phone, and I was at my mama's house. My mom's phone started ringing, and I knew immediately. And we had the house phone then, right? What would you say it was? 97? We didn't have the cell phone. My, my mama's house phone started ringing. It was my boy, Corey, and I knew. We didn't have no caller ID, but I already knew. You know what I mean? You know your homeboys. You already know who's who. And so as soon as that phone started ringing, I already knew. That damn Corey's on the phone right now. I guarantee it. I picked up the phone. I was like, what? And all I heard was, Elvis Gerbach? Elvis Gerbach? Elvis blank blank Gerbach just did that to your silver and black? That's all I heard for like two and a half minutes. And I said, are you done? You know what they say? Are you done yet? <laughs> are you done yet? I was like, are you done? He was like, yeah, I think so. I said, all right, bye. <laughs> and that wasn't the only word I used. <laughs> I might have said bye, Ninja. <laughs> but, I, but I did. I was like, all right, I got to go. And uh, hung up on him. So, yeah, that, that man... That was, that was a bad day. That was a really terrible loss that should have never happened. But, uh, Keith, great memory right there. Obviously not a great memory as far as it being your 17th birthday, but uh, good recollection of that game. So I do appreciate that. But, again, we're in the opening drive, so let's go ahead and jump right to it. And Raider Nation, I do want to hear from you at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R, just like my guy Keith uh, already chimed in. Oh, and before we get into that, let me tell you this as well. 
I want to do a little housekeeping. Uh, there's been a lot of people that have been sending us messages saying that TuneIn Radio is not working to get Raider Nation Radio 920. It's like every time someone like logs onto it, it's been popping up saying that uh, Raider Nation Radio is no longer there and that it costs money to, to listen to us from TuneIn. It doesn't. First of all, listen to us on the Raiders app because that's always going to be reliable. The Raiders app is great. Just click radio and you're good to go. But if you insist on using TuneIn, which is fine, all you got to do is – Basically, re-download it. It's some kind of glitch. I don't know what it is. Something happened. But if you re-download it, it'll be fine. It'll be right there. It does not cost to listen to us. There would be no way that we would ever do something like that. <laughs> We'd make sure that that would not be the case. But all you have to do is just re-download the TuneIn app, and then you're good to go. I promise you it's happened a couple times. I actually had a couple people message me and say, hey, Q, this is what just happened, and, and it worked, and I'm good to go. So it works for me. It never had a glitch for me. I was testing it on my phone multiple times, and it's been fine. But I do know there's been plenty of people that have reached out and said, hey, it's not working. So just re-download it if that's the way you do it, and you'll be good to go. So that's, uh, that's for anyone who's trying to listen by way of tune in. Of course, you can hear again on the Raiders app as well and lvsportsnetwork.com. Click listen live. Now, with four games left, what is next for the Raiders, in your opinion, Raider Nation? What needs to happen the next four weeks? I know technically there's still a mathematical opportunity for them to jump into the P word, which, by the way, a lot of people are calling it the P word all of a sudden. I think that's pretty funny. I've been noticing that on social media a lot. Uh, but I know that's, that's a possibility. I'm not looking and worried about that. I'm, I'm not concerned. I haven't been concerned about that for a very long time. But the next four weeks, knowing that the way that the Raiders have lost the games, the, the tough ones, Right, The Cardinals lost. That was a tough one. Knowing the way that they lost the, the Colts game, that was a tough one. Lose, losing the Jags game, that was a tough one. Obviously losing the Rams, that was a, a, a terrible loss. What needs to happen, and what do you want to see the next four weeks? We talked about it. I know I talked about it in great detail following the Saints loss, that, that disaster of a game. You know, I'm not even want to say that that was a tough loss only because they never showed up to that one. I don't know what was going on that week. That was just one of those no-shows. So you throw that one out. But I remember talking about it after that game and said, all right, evaluation season, right? Who's going to be around for the long haul? What needs to happen? What, you know, who needs to step up and show out? We saw on Friday, matter of fact, right after we got off the air on Friday, uh, we saw that guard John Simpson was waived. You know, he was – him and Amik Robertson were the last of the Mohicans when it comes to the 2020 draft. So now it's only Amik Robertson. He is the last dude from the 2020 NFL draft, which will go down as a terrible draft for the Raiders. I mean, there's just no way you, could, you can, you know, dance it up and dress it up any other way. John Simpson, to his credit, you know, waving him, okay, I get it. Not a big deal as far as I'm concerned. He was already a guy that was in the doghouse. He had lost his starting job in training camp. He really hadn't been on the field at all. If it hadn't been for Alex Bars getting injured during the game, he wouldn't have been in then. But when he does get in and get his opportunity, first thing he does, holding. Next thing he does, lets a guy get by him and gets pressure to, uh, to Derek Carr. So, you know, it wasn't a big surprise when I saw that John Simpson got waived, but I realized that with a quarter of the season left, the four games left, there could be more moves like that. There could be other guys that end up becoming, you know, released or waived and, and let go because of – not good play, and okay, these guys not part of our future, so we need to figure out who is and who isn't. You know, I've heard many different people talk about certain guys that are on the team right now that made some terrible mistakes on, on Thursday night. I've heard people talk about Jerry Tillery. I've heard people talk about Cleef Earl. You know, maybe, maybe 
maybe those guys end up becoming examples as well. I don't know. But obviously something has to happen, and, and, and this team needs to continue to be molded and, and formed the way that they, they want to be formed. Someone just wants something. Someone just wants How much do we win? We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Find out how much we won, man. Find out, hey, 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 where my cousin win over there? <laughs> Someone wants something, Damon. I don't know. We're going to find out. Someone wants something, though. Is James on the case? Yeah, I think so. He's not on it fast enough, though. Don, who? what did we win, Don? <laughs> what did we win? Oh, 500? Okay, all right. Hey, man. Hey, that video poker, I've been playing that recently, too. I get okay. it. Okay, 500? Nice. There you go. We got a $500 winner here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. You never know when it's going to happen. You can't win if you're not playing, right? That's what they say. So, anyway, Raider Nation, getting back to the subject, what needs to happen these next four weeks, right? I mean, because I'm not going to set myself up for failure and be like, well, if they run the table and this team loses, this team loses that. Look, man, it don't even matter. Just do – just play your games and – and let the rest fall, you know, the, the chips fall where they may, as far as I'm concerned. That's how I'm looking at it. Like, okay, whatever. I know that they have four games guaranteed, and that's what it's going to be. So there's a lot that I'd like to see. I'd like to see some guys get their Max Crosby on. And I'm not saying have numbers like that, but just have that effort and that attention to detail like Max Crosby. I mean, this dude has, is just doing – and I did a basically a whole podcast about him today, about how his season is really a phenomenal season that's going to go – it's going to slip under the radar because the, the team's record is terrible, right? I mean, nobody's really going to talk about. And really, Raider Nation, you got two guys that are having phenomenal seasons that a lot of people aren't going to talk about once the season's over. People aren't going to talk about Max Crosby and what he did. and People aren't going to talk about Josh Jacobs and what he did. Josh Jacobs had an opportunity to lead the league in rushing, to be the rushing, like the, the, the leading rusher at the end of the season. He could be that top dog. And people aren't going to talk about it after, after the season's over and he gets a contract wherever he goes. It's going to be lost. This is a great season, fantastic season, but because of the lack of wins are there, it's not going to be talked about. So who or what would you like to see down the stretch step up, make some plays, or maybe, you know, you want to see some young guys get some, some burn. Maybe you'd like to see some guys get set down. Maybe you think that they haven't performed and they need to be set down. I mean, whatever the case is, they got four. What do you want to see the Raiders do? with these next four games. So hit us up at 702-365-9200. Don't be broke.com. Text line at 69187, keyword R&R. &R. Uh, got a couple texts that we'll get to, and then we'll hit the uh, phone line. Uh, let's see. We got a text from the 707. <laughs> hey, Q, so I was at that Monday night game, too. It was awful. Horrible drive home and beyond. However, that was Kansas City and historically always an issue. I think the difference is that this was a beat-up Rams team, about as beat-up as a team could get for a home game with a two-day-old quarterback basically on the roster is what they mean, not two days in, in age. Barely any other team would have lost that game and therefore very embarrassing. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It was a very embarrassing loss and, and something that obviously is going to scar Raider Nation for a very long time. So uh, thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. And, again, like I said, you can always hit us up on the phone line at 702-365-9200. Damon, I'll go to you. What would you like to see from this Raiders team the next four games? I want this offense to go all out. We've heard it, you know, during training camp and early into the season where, hey, they're going to have to learn this playbook. The playbook isn't as open. Josh McDaniels, you know, there's no good if you try to call an audible and everyone on the field doesn't know it. So at this point, I want to see this offense at full strength, throw the kitchen sink, and let's see what can happen. Try to get Josh Jacobs that rushing title. And also, Devontae Adams, if he wants to play for a little bit of a symptom, try to get him to lead the league in touchdown receptions. How about that? 
Okay. I, I don't know if, if it's the individual, you know, like stats that you're looking for. I think you need to look for some cohesiveness. I think you need to look for some understanding. And I'll, I'll say this. I, I, would li- I would like to see, and I heard the morning tailgate talking about this briefly earlier today, uh, I would like to see Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro come back. Because technically, I mean, they could just shut it on down and say, hey, we'll come back next year. I would like to see them come back to these final four games and show what this team could look like with those guys and start to, start to get the learning curve. Because last time we saw Darren Waller, the ball was bouncing off his hands for an interception. And he didn't look like he had a very good understanding of this Raiders offense. And last time we saw Hunter Renfro, he what, ran into Devontae Adams in Kansas City. Or Devontae Adams ran into him. Whatever. They, 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 didn't, <laughs> they didn't run that play too smoothly. So I think that they need as much seasoning as possible. So even though technically it's only four games left, and then that's a wrap, you know, when, when KC, that game's over at Allegiant Stadium, most likely that's going to put a wrap on the season. I know that there's a slight chance, so I won't say it's, it's done, but most likely it's done. I'd like to see those guys out there for as much action as possible. So I don't necessarily care about the individual awards that, you know, Josh Jacobs could win. I think he could just do it organically because, well, he's been phenomenal, right? And Devontae Adams is having a really good season, and some would say you can, you can slow it down and shut him down a little bit, but I don't, wanna, I, don't, I don't think that that's something necessary either. I mean, you got a lot to play for as far as I'm concerned. The Patriots are coming to town, right? <laughs> Definitely want to uh, wanna defeat the Patriots at, at any, uh, any chance you can. So if you can get some reinforcements back for this game against the Patriots and then continue to build on that and see what they have and see what guys want to win with this team and what guys don't, I think that's a good recipe right there for potential success moving forward. But we'd like to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Uh, Mark and San Mateo, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, Q. Miss hearing you out here in the Bay Area, man. I remember when you used to call into Guru's uh, show with uh, your boy Zachariah. And yeah. Anyways, man, I'm a big fan of your work, so I just wanted to let you know that. Appreciate you. Hey, um, so I wanted to bring up uh, Darren Waller, man. Okay. I want to see him this weekend because, you know, we got teased last week saying, well, you know, with Renfro and Waller, uh, you know, I don't know if it'd be fair to throw him out there, you know, uh, on a short week, no practice. But here's Baker Mayfield flying across country, learning the playbook, right? And, uh, you know, he didn't get much practice time. And so why couldn't Waller have gotten Renfro gotten just like a, a package? Like, you don't think we could have used Waller in the red zone, some kind of like, you know, you can't put a package of 10 plays together for the guy. I think that maybe that's a great point. A difference. No, that's a great point. I didn't think about it like that, but that's a great point. Yeah, because I don't know. I, I just, you know, it, like Damon said, I want to I want to see the full full package of, uh, uh, you know, all, all the players out there. I want to see I, if they were ready to go. I don't know if they were ready to go or not, but it sounded like they were being conservative with it. And anyways, hopefully we'll see them this weekend and um I keep up the great work, Hugh. I love it. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate the call, my man. Appreciate the compliments on the show. And, yeah, you know, you bring up a good point. Baker Mayfield, you know, he didn't have any practice. I mean, the Rams, they did just about as much practice as the Raiders did. They might have ran actually one practice so he can get a little bit of burn under him. But that's not enough to learn the offense. I mean, he he was a former number one overall draft pick. He was a quarterback that knows how to make all the throws. And he didn't go out there and do anything exotic. They had a – Good game plan defensively, I think. I think the Raiders actually played into their game plan defensively, but there's, there's that. And they went out there and just executed. And then he just let natural instincts kick in. So 
I'm not saying go full throttle like Darren Waller has to play, you know, 70 snaps and Hunter Renfro has to play 70 snaps, but I agree with Mark. I think if they're available, if they're able to get back out there, there's been rumblings that Darren Waller should be available. There's been rumblings that he was going to come back. I know he's done a few interviews. He did an interview over the weekend that I missed on the local PBS station out here. Uh, I was doing some radio, so I missed it. But he's been dropping music videos. I know that's out there. It's a whole other conversation. Well, matter of fact, we'll pencil that in for around 4 o'clock. We'll talk about his music video and how that makes Raider Nation feel. Uh, I'm, not, I'm never mad at someone that's got uh, many irons and a bunch of fires, but Sometimes the optics is you look at things, you're like, yeah, it doesn't really look that good. But, again, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Right now we're talking about what you want to see the next four weeks from the silver and black. So feel free to hit us up, 702-365-9200, don'tbebroke.com, six, uh, text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Raider Chavez in the 916 at Sacramento, California. Said in the last four games of the season, I'd like to see this team play tough, win, and build some momentum. Yes, Damon. Momentum going into next season as Raider Chavez in the 916. And first of all, Damon, address the momentum. <laughs> that clearly, no offense to Raider Chavez, that makes no sense. Where Coach Josh McDaniels, where he started this season, where, you know, after a couple of losses, hey, wins don't carry over from one season to another. So it would be nice, you know, for the players to have that confidence of, hey, the things are coming together and you could win. Let's say if they won out, you know, they, they finished the season nine and eight. That would feel good, you know, for the players yeah. in the locker room. It feels yes. good for Raider Nation if they did. Yeah, that. And it would also feel good for the fan base. Yeah. But finishing nine and eight, or if you finish seven and 10, that's not going to have any saying whatsoever on the performance of the team next season. That's, so that's, that's why. Yeah, no, so that's, that's true. Uh, that's to the point where wins would be good for everybody in Raider Nation. The team, the fan base, the ownership, front office, everyone would like some more wins. But going into next season, there's not there's no momentum that would carry over. No, but it would what it would do to Raider Chavez's point, I think what he means by this, at least this is what I would mean, is if you were to finish the season on a four-game winning streak, even if you finished the last game of the season with a W, it's something it's something different in that locker room when you finish with a dub than finish like on a losing streak. Right, if they go and lose the next four games, and I'm not saying they're going to, but if they were to lose the next four games and then head into the offseason, it almost you almost get that feeling of, yeah, this team ain't gonna get right because that's a, you're you're always we're prisoners of the last thing we saw, right? In this in our society, not saying it's right, but we're prisoners of the last thing we saw. So the last thing I saw from say Ohio State was them getting the brakes beat off them by Michigan. So when I see them in the college football playoff, I'm like, yeah, okay. Whatever. I don't think they're going to do anything. But they're, they're, they're a good program, right? But the last thing I saw was them get the brakes beat off them by Michigan. So I'm thinking, eh, I don't think that they're going to do anything. So that's kind of what it is. So if they were to go on a little bit of a streak and start to look like things were clicking, and maybe they can identify, okay, this is where our strengths are. This is where our weaknesses are. This is what we need to do in the offseason so we have an opportunity to come back. As far as, you know, carrying over wins and losses from last season to the next, I mean, that – as you said, Damon, that's not something that's possible to do. 2.26 is the time. We're at the Oyo Hotel and Casino inside the Underground Lounge. Someone just won $500 sitting at the bar, and that could be you. Just come on by. Say what's up. We got a bunch of T-shirts. We got some cups and koozies. We got some uh, Hop Valley Hazy IPA, the official craft beer of the Raiders. We got some tickets, UNLV. By the way, the Hoop Squad and UNLV, 10-0 on the season. One of uh, a handful of teams that remain undefeated. They're looking really good. So uh, we got tickets to just about everything you need. All you got to do is come on by and say what's up. Coming up next, Ed Graney, ESPN Las Vegas, also the Review Journal. He'll join us next. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. 
That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Just saw this note here from Vinny Bonsignor. Red Nation Radio 920 Morning's Tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang, also the Review Journal. Hironis Grasso moving from the practice squad to the 53-man roster. Raiders believe he could provide some coverage at guard as well as center. And, of course, John Simpson, the former fourth-round pick out of Clemson, was waived on Friday. Matter of fact, Friday evening. Joining us now on the phone lines to talk all things silver and black is our good friend from ESPN Las Vegas and also the RJ. That's Ed Graney. And, Ed, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I started off today's show asking the question, what would Raider Nation like to see from this team the final four games? What do you think is most important for the Raiders in these final four games? Well, I mean, I think it's always about winning. I don't think you want to get into a mode where that becomes secondary, um, especially in pro sports. I think winning, number one, um, you know, better defensively. Um, There's so many things that have led to this record that could get better. Um, I think that's kind of what they'd hope. I mean, some people might hope that they don't win and they get a better draft pick. I think it all goes individually on what you're looking for the last four games. But I'm sure knowing Raider Nation and their fans – they're watching very carefully the still alive percentages of playoffs and what has to happen and if they won out and other teams lost. You know, if the Chargers lost two, if the Jets lost two, it's still kind of out there. Well, I don't think you and I think that's going to happen. Um, knowing their fan base, um, I would not be surprised if they're still kind of searching that, searching those facts up. Yeah, no, I agree. And, of course, everyone always wants to see their team make the playoffs. And as long as there's a hope, there's a mathematical opportunity, then they're still alive. But, you know, the reality is that that's going to be a tough road to, to try to yeah. travel down. But, Ed, you know, we every time we hear um, the pressers, the, the postgame pressers following a loss, especially a tough loss like the one we saw on, uh, on, on Thursday against the Rams, you'll hear Josh McDaniel saying that the team needs to learn how to win and how to close out games and how not to lose. How much of that do you think, refers to him as well as far as having to learn how to close games out from a coaching standpoint. Yeah, I mean, I think it. I think it's a lot. Um, you know, I think, you know, it, it's, it starts and ends with him. Um, and I think when you look back at that game cue, uh, there's a lot of things that went into it that I think starts and ends with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to you on the radio yesterday, coming back from California. You were our, uh, you were our, um, uh, our uh, entertainment. You did a great job as usual. <laughs> and I think, I don't know if you or your guest host or your host made the, this, the comment that, you know, y- y- coaching isn't jumping off sides in a punt. Coaching isn't slapping the ball out of the hands of a quarterback. So there were things in that game that weren't him. Yeah. I mean, those, there, there were things in that game where you're like, all right, just don't be fools. I mean, just, you know, play, be professionals and play professional football. Don't, don't do things that are stupid. But I do think. Um, he got in the mode of conservatism. I, I do think they played not to lose. Um, and I know he, you know, kind of took umbrage to that fact uh, the day um, of the game when he said, you know, we tried to throw the ball, but a lot of things have to happen. But, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it falls on him. And and when you say the same thing in July that you're now saying in December, it kind of rings hollow a little with people in terms of you have to learn how to, you know, not lose before you have to learn how to win. I think people are kind of tired of that. Um, he was saying the same thing in training camp. Right. Um, and I think people kind of, you know, they, they just get a little tired of the same old line like that. And, 
they want to say, well, you know, haven't you learned how to win by now? So I do think there's some, uh, to that statement, there's there, there's some people who are, you know, kind of backing off that statement and, and really not, you know, not wanting to hear it again uh, for good reason. But he continues to say it, and I guess until they win consistently, he'll continue to say it. Yeah, it was a good storyline in training camp, right? I thought I was a genius when I asked the question, and everyone started kind of running with it. And, man, that was one of yeah. our biggest hot topics during the summer. But it is now not the summer. It is now December. No. And so by now you've got, to, right, you've got to learn how to win by now so you know on that opening drive that the Raiders had on Thursday they go right down the field I thought I was pretty impressed they went down scored a touchdown they never got in the end zone again what did the Rams do from your point of view that that made life more difficult on the Raiders um I think it was more the Raiders doing what they did um I think they changed their mindset I I I truly believe they'd never say this publicly but I truly believe there was a sense that okay went down and scored gonna score enough he just got the playbook two days ago. We're going to play good enough defense. There's no way he can. There's no way he can play well enough to bring them back. Um, and I think they just fell into that mode where it got. You know, it, it come back and it came back and bit them. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the Rams did anything specifically to where the Raiders, if they had not played like they did the first uh, drive, where they, you know, I, I'm assuming a lot of it was scripted, um, that they wouldn't have scored more points. Um, I just think it got. I, I think it came down to what the Raiders did more than the Rams. Um, I just think that there was a sense that there's no way they were going to lose it. They made it look very easily going down the field the first the first drive, and that he he was not going to be able to play well enough, uh, having just gotten there, Baker Mayfield, to where it would bother them very much. So um, schematically, I don't know how much the Rams changed, um, but I think the Raiders changed because I just think they felt that there was no way that could happen what happened. I agree. I agree with that. It did feel like that was exactly what it was. They got in the end zone and thought that basically the game was over. Again, yeah. we're talking with Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and also the RJ here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. We saw John Simpson get waived on Friday. Uh, do you expect to see a lot more of these type, type transactions the final four weeks as they're going through the full evaluation process? I'm not sure about a lot, but I wouldn't be surprised if there are some. And now is, I mean, I think in, you're caught in – we don't really know what they're thinking. You know, we we you and I started this conversation by what are Raider Nation fans thinking and what they want, and are they still thinking about the playoffs? And are they still thinking about what has to happen to get to the playoffs? Um, but we don't know what Josh McDaniels and, and Dave Ziegler are thinking. Right. And I know who are they evaluating? What are they evaluating them for? Are they evaluating for the future? You know, have they started that process? Um, and if that's the case, then I wouldn't be surprised to see this happen more over the last four games. I don't think you could do it to a lot of spots. I think a lot of that stuff comes in the offseason. But um, let's go back to any drafts John Gruden had. And if, I, if I'm one of those guys, I'm hiding in the locker room. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Man, Amik Robertson is the last guy from the 2020 draft. Nothing against Amik. I might be just doing my job and, and uh, getting out of there before the media comes in. Right, right. There ain't no hanging around, ain't no talking <laughs> no. loud. It's like, all right, get in, get out, I'm gone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, anyone seen Amik? Nope. He already no. gone. <laughs> He'd like to request to talk to him today. He's he's been gone for an hour. Right, exactly. No, but I mean, I, I think there'll be there could be more of that, but you know, we, you know, look, they might they might be checking the, the standings as well and saying, hey, we went off board. You know, at the end of the day, that's probably what they should be doing. It's all about winning in the league. They should right. be trying to win the last four, and you never know what's going to happen in this league. You see scores every week that are crazy, situations that happen that are crazy. You're right; it's a tough road to hoe, and. You know, it's probably not going to happen. There's a lot of stuff that would have to occur for this to happen. 
um, beginning with them winning winning out. Um, but I, you know, if you're them, you, you have to think in those terms. That's what that's what you're there to do. You, you chose not to rebuild to start the year. You chose not to make a rebuild there. You said you you wanted to win now. You wanted to get to the playoffs now, and it was going to be a winning season. So I don't know if you change now. I mean, there's pl- there's plenty of time in the offseason to evaluate, um, whether it be the draft or your current roster. I think right now you do everything you can to win the final four games, and, and then at the end of the final four games, if you could ever do that, you know, you look up and see where you're at. Talking right now with Ed Graney from the RJ and also uh, uh, ESPN Las Vegas here on Radio Nation Radio 920. I know it's tough to talk about the defense when the last thing we saw is them give up that 98-yard drive to, to lose the game to the Rams. But all in all, what have you thought of the defense that the Raiders have played the last couple weeks? Well, they weren't good. The, they weren't good the other day in terms of that 98-yard drive. Right. Um, you know, it, it's just been it's just been inconsistent um, for the most part all season. And I know, you know, we talked about it on our show this morning. You know, uh, we asked Sam Gordon how much does it fall at the feet of Patrick Graham, um, and I think if we're honest, you know, some of it has to fall at the feet of feet of Patrick Graham. Now, McDaniel's is the head coach, and it, like we said, it all starts with him. But um, What's going to happen to the Ender? I'm not sure, um, but they have to look at, at the end of the day. They have to get better defensively. Uh, yeah. Whether it's other, whether it's new players, whether it's improving the scheme, I, I don't know the answer to it. I mean, they, they're the coaches, um, but they haven't been very good. And that 98-yard drive, really, with the penalties and with what continued that drive and allowed Baker to do that, and you know, n- take nothing away from him. I think we have to give him a lot of credit. And you know, it's been said over and over and again about how many passes he threw in practice. You know, he had the playbook for two days. You know, and the other thing is on that on, on the sense of that, um, you know, so if if anyone's playing tight in that situation, it's the Raiders. Right. You know, Baker could just go out there, and you know, there's no way anyone thought they were going to do what he did or go 98 yards, and he's just kind of playing free and easy and just trucking the ball around, and it happened. Whatever happened, happened. Right. Um, but I do think it was interesting. After the game, the first thing he says is he mentions the coverage they're in. Right. Um, I think that that's. That's not good when that happens for Patrick Graham or for the, or for the Raiders and, and, and when an opposing quarterback comes out and says that. So there's a lot of work to be done on that side of the ball. Um, I don't know what happens at the end of the year with coaches or with, with players or whatnot, but they have to get a lot better on defense. I think you and I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that they should go into the offseason with the full mindset of everything is really focused on the defense, right? Yes. You know, if you, yes. have, if you have the guys like the Wallers, the Renfros, the Adams – Carr, Jacobs, if, if they decide to bring him back, if you have right. that that key that key group, you have to 100% focus on defense because that uh, that has to get better. I mean, look at San Francisco. I'm not saying you've got to have a number one defense like San Francisco, but hell, they're down to their third string quarterback and they're beating the brakes off Tom Brady and the Bucks. Yes, yes. No, you're right. I mean, they put all the money in with Devontae. Um, you know, they did sign Max, but Devontae, they gave Waller his deal, they gave Renfro his deal. They signed Carr to a year deal they can get out of it, but if they don't, they're going to spend a lot of money on him. Yep. Now I think their attention has to go defensively. Um, whatever they're going to do money-wise and, and to rebuild, um, you know, I think the look at the offensive line, um, uh, they, they didn't really look at it last offseason. They kind of stayed with it. But I agree with you, too. I think um, all major decisions better start on the defense. You know, I mean, I, I think the biggest major decision is, they, is Derek Carr. What do you do? But after you make that decision, then I think you've got to go to defense and see how you can improve that. Yeah, absolutely, 100%, and we'll see how it all shakes out. Well, Ed, before I let you go, man, I did want to ask you about UNLV, man. They're cooking with grease right man. now. What, 10-0 and 0 on the season? Looking really good on the hoop court, man. What have you thought about the start that uh, Coach Kruger's uh, crew is getting up to? 
it's funny because I, I covered Kevin when he first came here. He, you know, Kevin was the first person to take advantage of the transfer rule to come in and play right away for his dad. I don't know if people remember that. He was at Arizona State. He was the first person in the country ever to take advantage of that where you didn't sit. You came in and you were able to play. Oh, wow. Um, went to the Sweet 16. I covered Kevin there. Thought he was really bright. Um, didn't know he wanted to be a coach. I mean, he, I think he played some ball, pro ball overseas. Um, but makes a lot of sense, and I see a lot of his dad in him. Um, and that's a huge compliment because his dad's one of the best college coaches you know ever in history of basketball. Um, so he's doing a great job. They, they defend really well. Love how they defend. And on nights they shoot it well. If they shoot it well, it's going to be it's going to be hard for anybody to beat them. Now they don't always shoot it well. Right. They're still a work in progress defensively. But if they can shoot it the way they defend, they're a tough out against anybody. So uh, you know, really good start for Kevin's team. Um, if you know, if you if you look ahead on the schedule, uh, New Year's Eve, San Diego State comes to town. Okay. Uh, that will be to me easily one of the biggest UNLV games in, in recent memory. I mean, they haven't been to the tournament since 2013. So when San Diego State comes in here on New Year's Eve, you know the Rebels could be undefeated. Maybe you know undefeated or one loss. We don't know what's going to happen these last three games they have or last few games for non-conference. Um, two or three games they have. Uh, that is going to be rocking on, on New Year's Eve. So that place will be full. I, I, it won't be full, excuse me, but I think it's going to have 10 to 11, 12,000 people in it, and um, that'll be something to see. Yeah, ten, hey, man, 10 to 11,000 people is full for what we've seen over the past well, few years, right? <laughs> to, you know, seven or 8,000 in that place can be really, really loud. Yeah. You get up in the 10,000 range. I've been to the games where they played Arizona back in the day. They played Louisville back in the day. Um and I've been to Mountain West Conference games with that many people in there, and that is really loud. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think that'll be an electric atmosphere on New Year's Eve. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it as well. I love the start that the Renner Rebels have gotten off to and, you know, don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but they're looking right. good right now. They've got to keep it keep it up, though. And the way that they're playing defense, man, anything could really happen. So, uh, oh, yeah. Ed, if you Ed defend like them, you could win a lot of games. Absolutely. Well, what do you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for? Uh, just Raiders this week. Uh, some uh, uh, we've got some um, uh, Las Vegas Bulls stuff going on the paper this week. I'll oh, be yeah. at the UNLV game on Saturday against San Francisco, and then uh, I'll see you at the Raiders on Sunday. Absolutely. Well, uh, appreciate you as always, Ed. Great stuff. Thanks so much for your time. We'll talk soon. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Great job yesterday. You brought us home from California. <laughs> Thank you, my man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Ed Graney right there, ESPN Las Vegas and the RJ. Yeah, myself and Harry Douglas, uh, 10-year NFL veteran wide receiver, were on the, on the radio on ESPN nationally last, yesterday for about four hours. So it was a, it was a fun little ride, kind of took us through everything that was going on throughout the NFL. So that if I'm going to spend an afternoon working, that's the way to do it. But um, many thanks to Ed for the compliments as well. Definitely appreciate him. 2.46 is the time. We're here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Want to hear from you, Raider Nation? All you got to do is hit us up, 702 365 9200 or our com text line 69187 keyword R&R. There's four games left guaranteed. What is next for the Raiders? What would you like to see happen over the next four weeks? This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Just got a few minutes left in this hour. We got Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back, coming up at the top of the hour. want to ask him about that press man coverage on that last drive. Raiders and Rams Thursday night football where the Rams go 98 yards, score the game-winning touchdown, and the Raiders are in man coverage. No timeouts for the Rams. I ain't the smartest cat in the world, but all I know is that you're supposed to, by the letter of the law, play the boundaries, 
make everything go to the middle of the field and play some zone coverage. But they didn't do that. And Van Jefferson got by Sam Webb, scores a touchdown. So we want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. Also, don'tbebroke.com, text line 69187, keyword R&R. Four games left. What's next for the Raiders? What would you like to see happen over the next four weeks? Got some good texts and some tweets, as a matter of fact. Let me go ahead and get to a tweet real quick. My man Robbie said, Q, I'd like to see Josh McDaniels get better at managing games, understanding flow of the game. If he doesn't, then everything else is a moot point because good players can't overcome bad coaching. I think that that's fair. Fair. I I really do. I think that that's fair because you haven't seen it yet, right? You haven't seen it where you have 100% confidence like, oh, yeah, uh, coach is dialing up everything he's supposed to. And I'm not trying to bash on him at all. Don't get that twisted. Not trying to, but – I think it's fair from a distance for us to sit back and watch the games and see how they unfold and say, yeah, yeah, but, you know, and it's just same thing I can say about Patrick Graham defensively. You know, as much as, you know, Robbie said he'd like to see Josh McDaniels get better at managing the game, I'd like to see Patrick Graham, in my opinion, just my opinion, know the situation a little bit better. I realize that that man coverage had been working all game long, but I also realize the situation sometimes the – the game situation, you have to change up what you've been doing to avoid an L. And I'm not saying go back and play prevent defense because I hate prevent defense, but you've got to have some kind of idea that this is what we're going to do. We're going to go with a zone coverage. We're going to play the boundaries and make sure any passes that are completed in the middle of the field and time runs off the clock. All that is in your favor. So you have to use what you have in your favor. So uh, I would like to say that, you know, it's not just for Josh McDaniels, but also for Patrick Graham. Thank you, Robbie, for that, uh, that, that tweet. I appreciate you. All day, Raider A, my guy, hit us up on the text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Q, coming into the season, we all expected this team to be a playoff team, especially with the marriage of this roster and the new coaching staff. But let's be honest, this coaching staff hasn't looked like a playoff coaching staff from top to bottom. Everyone thought we were going to bring the Patriot pedigree and a Patriot way to Las Vegas, but ask yourself, when the hell have the Patriots lost multiple double-digit leads in a season? Mark Davis was right when he said Rome wasn't built in a day, but it's really hard to build Rome without any Romans. That's all day Raider A on the don'tbebroke.com text line. Very good text. And, again, that goes back to kind of what Ravi was saying. You know, we could talk about players having to learn how to close out and how to win, but the coaches need to do that as well, right? We always say that, and this that was one of the things that we really complimented and tipped the cap to Josh McDaniels and company is because these guys were versatile the, the coaching staff wanted versatile players so they could do multiple different things, and they were also going to adjust to what the players do really well instead of make them try to do what they want them to do. Well, I haven't seen the majority of those adjustments that a lot of people were looking for from this, uh, you know, from this coaching staff as far as situational football. So, again, I'm not you know, a football major. I'm not the guru of football. I'm just a radio guy talking about it. But from what I see, you know, barroom conversation – there hasn't been the adjustments and all the, you know, situational football that needs to be played. It hasn't been set up the way that it was supposed to be done, in my opinion. Got a text from the 510. Hugh Jackson told Al, or no, Hugh Jackson said Al told him, believe in players, not plays. Joshua Daniels could use that bit of advice. Uh, Hugh Jackson was such a big Al guy, man. I remember when I texted Hugh Jackson to ask him to come on the show uh, when we were talking about the 10 years since Al Davis had passed, and he was like, man, for Al, absolutely. Like, it, it wasn't – most of the time you reach out to someone like that and it'll take a while before they respond. Man, I had barely pressed send on that text, and he responded, yeah, for Al, absolutely. Uh, he was such a big Al guy. And I'll tell you, 
uh, for what he was worth when he was the head coach of the Silver and Black, man, he gave everything he had to that team. He really did, man. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't know the ins and outs and everything that went on in the background, in the back behind the scenes with Hugh, but from the surface, I thought he was a pretty good dude, man. And, and he was he was a guy that was very proud to be a Raider head coach. I uh, got a text from Mailman Raider Max. Remember when Greg Williams got fired after having tight coverage on Henry Ruggs with a few seconds left in the game against the Jets two years ago? Mailman Raider Max. I absolutely do. I absolutely do. That's a great point because that is almost what we saw. Actually, it is what we saw on Thursday night. Van Jefferson for the Rams is the fastest dude on their squad. And he was matched up with Sam Webb. Press man coverage where they needed a touchdown to win the game. And I do remember that because we came on the radio show the next day and was like, whoa, I don't know how they did it. They pulled it off. It wasn't pretty, but they got it done. And I know some Raider fans were upset. I don't like the way they won. Now these days, hell, Raider Nation just wants to win, period. Right? And I don't think anyone would complain about the way that they won anymore. But, yeah, I do remember that, Mailman Raider Max. Thank you for that. That was, that was telling. And that's why we're going to have our next guest on, Mark McMillan. He'll join the show to talk about situational football, what he thinks should have been called in that situation. And maybe he thinks that press man coverage was the best reason or best best situation for them. And if he does, he'll explain to us why. He'll do it next. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino with Raider Nation Radio 920. Want to get a hold of the live shows on Raider Nation Radio but can't call in? Remember, you can always text us on the don'tbebroke.com text line. Just text your 